I don't know if you caught in the gospel today the roller coaster of emotions that the crowds go through in this kind of stunning scene of Jesus. Right? They go with, with in really short order, in a few minutes, it seems. They go from uh, amazement to confusion to feeling threat. From amazement to confusion to feeling threat. Really in, in short order. This gospel follows immediately from last week's where Jesus has taken the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He's read it in the synagogue, the, the part that speaks of the anointing of the Messiah and his call to bring uh, glad tidings to the poor and, and liberation to captives. And he's then said, uh, today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. He's applied right, the work of the Messiah to himself. Right? And it's, it's a shocking statement, right? And, and the initial reaction we see from the crowd is amazement. They're amazed that someone has, has spoken this clearly, has spoken this compellingly. They're amazed at his claim, maybe, of authority. And he speaks with, with just a kind of credibility that, that amazes them. And we see this throughout the Gospels often. When Jesus speaks... Even his detractors sometimes are amazed right, at the compelling nature of his words. But then quickly it turns to from amazement to kind of confusion. Like where did this guy come from? Where does he get his credibility? Where does he get his origin? He grew up here with us. We know his parents. Like we know Joseph. Like he made a table for me one time as a woodworker. It wasn't that great of a table. You know, like he, he couldn't have given rise to such an incredible prophet. I think he drinks the same water we drink here in Nazareth. How could somebody that has a similar background and shared experiences claim this kind of, of authority? They're confused. And then their confusion in short order moves to feeling threat. Who is he to say this? Who does he think he is? Who does he think he is to claim this and assert this kind of authority? He's just one of us. Now he's acting like he's better than us. Now he's acting like we're just beneath him. So they get angry, feel threatened, and they, they seek uh, to kill him. You know, when I was first thinking about this roller coaster of emotions, I was thinking back to a story from my uh, childhood. As many of you knew, as you could probably tell from me, waking up at 3:30 a.m., my life was tennis, and um, tennis at a high level is a kind of a regional thing. And so, uh, a lot of my friends that we would hang out in tournaments and stuff, I'd only see them at tournaments throughout the Midwest and across the country. And I remember one of my best friends growing up when we were playing like 10, 11, 12. Um, we would hang out at tournaments and stuff. We were about the same uh, ranking ability and so on. So we were close, we'd hit. And I remember there was a stretch of time where there were no tournaments where we saw each other, maybe uh, six, eight months. And then, but I, I started online to see his ranking kind of climb. He was playing tournaments, I was playing tournaments, just not the same ones. I saw his ranking sort of climb. And so I, I remember seeing him for the first time at a tournament. And um, we started, we warmed, up, warmed each other up and we were hitting. And I was I was immediately amazed. He had he had advanced. Uh, he had taken a huge jump 
from the last time I had seen him. A huge jump. And I, I was amazed at this. And then I watched his first match. He blew out this guy. I, I mean, I was just amazed at how good he had gotten so fast. But then that amazement turned to confusion really quickly. I was like, what is he even doing? Is he on, is he on the roids? And I was thinking maybe he's on steroids or something. Uh, like, who's he training with? Like, I'm playing every day, three, four hours a day. Um, what's he doing that's elevating his game this quick? Like, I know his coach. His coach is no better than my coach. Like, I, I know his parents are supportive, no more supportive than my parents. Like, what? We have about the same athletic ability. What? I, who is he to make this big jump? I don't understand. And as you can imagine, my confusion quickly led to feeling regret. Tennis is a really individual sport, and it's kind of a sad thing, but you learn to despise your friends. You've got to beat them. You've got to beat them. You've got to be better ranked than them. There's no teamwork dimension right, at, at youth tennis. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's cutthroat, right? And so immediately I was threatened. He's better than me. Rankin's better than me, right? We went from being friends to, to, and me being amazed at his ability to being confused as to how he got so good to feeling threatened that now he was, he had surpassed me. I feel like that roller coaster is what the crowds go through today. And to be honest, I think it's what we go through a lot with Jesus, and with any prophetic voice, right? The, the readings today focusing on the prophet Jeremiah in the first reading and Jesus embracing his prophetic mission in the gospel is how we deal with prophetic voices and in a particular way, Jesus. And I think that emotional roller coaster happens to us a lot. We hear the words of Jesus and we're amazed. Just like many of the crowds in his own day, he speaks with a kind of authority that makes sense. He gives a clarity and insight to life that, that no one else seems to give. Right? I mean, I, I think about that all the time with Jesus. I read the Gospels, and I'm just like, this. there's nothing like this. There is nothing like this in the history of the world. Someone speaks with this kind of insight and wisdom, right? and this kind of, of credibility and authority. Right? I'm amazed. But then, you know what? A lot of times I'm confused. As it applies to other people, other prophetic voices in my life, I'm like, where did they get all this wisdom from? We drink the same water, the same training, similar experiences. Like, what? How have they acquired so much wisdom, so much insight into the nature of reality in life? And with Jesus, it's like, I don't. Maybe I don't know. I'm a little confused if he does speak with a unique voice. And I don't even know what he's talking about half the time. But there's some confusion that can, can seep in. But I'll tell you what prophets really do is that last step. They make us feel threatened. Because they call out in our lives what we're not living up to. What a prophet does. A prophet calls out the hypocrisy of our own lives. And you know what? With some people that call us out, we can dismiss them because they're a hypocrite too, and a, and a public hypocrite. We can dismiss them and say, like, who are you to tell me how to live? I know how you live. But try to do that with a real prophet. 
who does what they preach. I know some people like that who call me out, and man, they're living it. And when they call me out, I try to do this. I try to do that routine. Who are you to tell me how to live? But immediately, I know I'm indicting myself because I look at their life and I'm like, yeah, they are living. I'm indicting myself by that dismissing of who is this person to tell me in a prophetic way how to live my life, challenge me. And with Jesus, it's the same thing. Jesus calls us to ideals and and makes demands of us that we're not always ready to do. And so we feel threatened by him. He's a threat to the, the stable foundation of how I want to live and how I've constructed my life. And he says, no, no, think about this differently. Live differently. And I'm threatened by that. I'd rather dismiss him. Right? The crowds try to get rid of him. Think, think of them trying to kill him as just getting rid of that annoying voice that says, you know what, you're not being the best version of yourself. Right? That's why they wanted to kill Socrates, right? And because he was he was just constantly challenging them. That's the same with Jesus. They, he was constantly challenging them, and they it drove him nuts to the point like we got to get rid of this guy. He's making us question the very foundations of what we thought to be true and how to live. So, friends, that emotional roller coaster of of amazement, of confusion, of feeling threatened. I want to invite us into that process with Jesus. Less than any content of this homily is just the process by which we allow Jesus and other prophetic voices to make us uncomfortable, to recognize that within us there's often like an attraction to someone who speaks with that kind of authority, confusion as to where they got the authority, and also a feeling threatened that that authority is demanding of something of me that I don't want to do. I thought of that with Herod, not uh, the infancy Herod, but the Herod that deals with John the Baptist, he, it's, Scripture says that Herod would like to hear John the Baptist preach. He was intrigued by him, but ultimately he was incredibly threatened by him because John the Baptist told him he wasn't doing something right, and Herod eventually had him beheaded. Right? So there's this attraction sometimes to people that claim that kind of authority and confusion, but often they make us feel incredibly threatened. And so I want to invite us into that There's a lot of talk today of of making sure that we don't domesticate Jesus. We don't tame him. I think a lot of our like childish image of Jesus is he's just this nice dude that if we met would never say anything that would come across as as challenging or difficult. He's just this nice guy. And if you read the Gospels for more than 25 seconds, you realize that image of Jesus is just totally foreign to how they perceived him. He was a subversive figure. Like he said some things that amazed people and were beautiful and were clear and were wise, but he said some things that really threatened people's sense of how they thought about the world and called them to to inward transformation. And so I like I like the Jesus as a subversive figure. That challenges, right? That makes me feel threatened, right? I talked last week about um, one of the signs of a dynamic parish is how attentive we are to the Word of God, and part of that is letting Jesus be a prophet to me, to be a prophetic voice. That yes, sometimes I listen to it, I'm just amazed by its beauty and clarity, 
Other times I listen to it, I'm like, Jesus, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm going to have to pray and think about that a lot more. And other times you're going to say something that is that really threatens me because it makes me uncomfortable. It unsettles me and it challenges me in, in a way that I don't want to be challenged right now. So I invite us into that process uh, with Jesus. That was the reaction that he conjured uh, in today's gospel, it's often the reaction that he conjured up uh, when he encountered crowds. And so that emotional roller coaster that they go through in, in, in very short order in the gospel, let's enter into that uh, in our relationship with Jesus, in our hearing of the word. And let's allow ourselves to ride that emotional roller coaster with Jesus and with other prophets to allow ourselves to be amazed at times, to sometimes even be confused often uh, to feel uncomfortable.